All right, notice what it says in verse 10 of Proverbs 13, a very well-known verse here. It says, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. So we are right in the middle of the holiday season right now. It is election year, and it is 2020. So we're all going to be spending time with family. And you know what's going to happen a lot this year? There's going to be some disagreements, aren't there? And I want to preach about how to handle disagreements. You know, even the world during this time of year, especially around Thanksgiving and stuff, uh, they always bring that up about, you know, they're always like putting these little tips out there when you get with your family, maybe not bring up politics. And we've got so much stuff dividing us in the country right now. You know, there's all the racial tension going on. There's all the just economic turmoil. There's all the people just dying of COVID and all these things. And, and we've all got sides, don't we? We've all kind of drawn lines in the sand. We all have positions. And that uh, we've taken strong, you know, we, we, you know, we're very strong on these things. We all have a platform. You know, we've all got social media where we go on there. We run our mouth and get in fights all the time. And the truth is, you know, disagreeing is just kind of a part of our nature as Americans and especially as independent fundamental Baptists. We are known for, you know, being fighting fundamentalists and we fight with everybody. And sometimes we fight with people that we shouldn't fight with. And, you know, one thing, and folks, I'm not going to act like I'm like the example of this right here, okay? I, I think I'm allowed to preach to myself sometimes, too. Uh, I'm not like this, you know, <clears throat> during the Spirit of Liberty today, we were talking about how, what a great example of humility that I am. Uh, but, uh, and, and, you know, and I'll try to convince people of that. But I'm not even going to try to convince anybody that I am great at this thing. Okay, this is, this is me preaching to myself today as much as anybody else. But we have got to get better at handling disagreements with people because as you know fundamental baptists and the with the direction this world's going you know if we're going to stick with the word of god you realize we're going to become more different than we already are and there's going to be more disagreements and we've got to know how to handle these things we've got to know how to do a better job because i think this is something where you know as in the ip culture you know we failed and so, and, and sometimes too, when it comes to disagreements, um, you know, certain cultures are like known for fighting with each other a little more than others. You know, some cultures are more prone to a hostile disagreement, but I do think the IFB is probably one of the worst. I, I really do. I think we're probably one of the worst when it comes to this. And the thing is, you know, I'm the kind of person, I love a good spirited debate. I mean, I, I'm not, you don't find me any more entertained than having a good discussion with people who don't agree with everything I'm saying. Okay, I, I enjoy that. But you know what? Not everybody does. Not everybody enjoys that. I don't like sitting around an echo chamber. Okay, I'm not interested in that. That's one area where I'm different than a lot of IFB preachers. A lot of IFB preachers like to get in, you know, be in an echo chamber and they can't handle hearing anything different than what is proceeded from their mouth. But I don't mind. I like being challenged. But not everybody does, okay? Some people, if you get in an argument with them, I mean, it eats at them. It bothers them. They'll get bitter. I mean, some of them might even go home and cry, okay? But some people like it, and, you know, that they get along. But, you know, so we got to take these things into consideration. But something we all need to get a hold of is that in this world of billions of people, you all got to understand there's people out there that aren't going to think exactly like you. It's just a reality. Now, what are you going to do when you come face to face with one of these people that do not completely agree with you? Somebody who dares to allow thoughts to
to go on in their mind that do not line up with the thoughts that go in your mind. What are you going to do when you face off with one of these people? What are you going to do when you see on social media that somebody posts something that you wouldn't post? What are you going to do? How are you going to handle that when that day comes? Are you going to be able to overcome that temptation? Somebody like, man, I deal with it every day and I fail every day. You know, it, it, we've got to learn how to do this. Some people today, they pride themselves in the fact that they don't get along with anyone. Well, if you, if you just want to fight with everyone, you've got your magic verse. I'm just earnestly contending with the faith. You know, Jude 3 tells us to earnestly contend for the faith. I, I got a Bible verse for it. And, and, and listen, why do people want to do that? Why do people always, when, no matter what the argument is, no matter how small, why do they always want to go to Jude 1-3? Why? I'll tell you why. Because we all know that Jude's talking about reprobate false prophets. And when you disagree with me, you know, I want to have an excuse to treat you like trash. And so that's why people are so quick to go to that, to lay down the reprobate false prophet card, because it gives them a justification to just go all ape on them when they disagree. But, you know, you can't do that. Because, you know, I can also lay down the Proverbs 13.10 card and say, only by pride cometh contention. I think you're lifted up with pride. I think you can't handle it. I think some of you can't handle it that that other individual out there thinks that he's right and you're wrong. I mean, imagine the gall of somebody out there to think not only that they are right, but that I am wrong. I got to deal with these people, right? And, you know, wouldn't we all like to throw them in hell? So we're contending for the faith. They're reprobate false prophets. Now we can treat them like trash. All right. But here's the, here's the thing we got to ask ourselves. Now, my family hasn't done any of these things, but, you know, these are just examples. But, you know, do you, should I really reprobate my mom? She voted for Joe Biden. And my mom didn't do that. But, I mean, really, I mean, you know, that, that'd be bad, right? But, you know, I, I got to contend for the faith. I'm not compromising. I'm not a respecter of persons. Yeah, but it's your mom. Okay. You know, should I really dishonor my father and mother? If they, like, make me wear a mask from the door to the dinner table like they do in restaurants, you know, some of you might have to deal with that this year. You know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people bought into the mask propaganda and all that kind of stuff. Are, are you going to destroy your relationship with your family over a mask? They don't understand what they're, you know, allowing, you know, they're allowing socialism to take over and government control. I, I know, but it, it's also your mom and dad. Is, is that the time... To do that, should I end my relationship with my sister because she shaved the sides of her head and pierced her eyebrow? My sister didn't do that, but you know, should I? You know, should I? Uh, you know, make a scene because when our family says grace, you know, my aunt crosses herself like a Catholic. Those are wrong. that's wrong. Well, she, you know, she's a Catholic. She's on her way to hell. You got to rebuke that. You know, and, I'm, and during the dinner table, I'm going to start you know finding all kinds of ways to just bash the Pope. You know, I mean, you know, obviously there's some disagreements there, okay? Most of us in here, I mean, now, th you know, thankfully, you know, I'm blessed. My, you know, my family is, you know, all for the most part, fundamental Baptist. And, you know, even if they're not exactly like me, you know, I mean, for the most part, we're the same. But, you know, it's not like that in every family. Some families, there's other religions, you know, they got lost people in the family. I mean, how are you going to handle these things? Because in our IFB culture... 
We're always, you know, hearing all this, you know, preaching on standing strong and sticking by the stuff that we get real hostile. We start shooting at everybody and sometimes start taking down our own family members to where we just can't get along with anybody to where we're almost forced to, you know, be in an echo chamber. And, and there's some people out there that they want a cult. Okay, people try to accuse the IFB of being a cult. And let me tell you, there's a lot of people in the IFB that want a cult. They want a cult where we have a central figure that we all get behind, that we all agree 100% with, where we allow no diversity of opinion on anything at all. They want to live in an echo chamber. There are people out there that like that. There are people out there that want me. I've had people call this church wanting me to basically enforce a no birth control policy and not allow people that are sterilized in the church and they're taking. Listen, I don't get involved in your medical stuff, folks. I'm not interested in that. You know, but yet they want me to take that kind of control in the church. Listen, there's plenty of cults out there that would gladly do all that stuff, but that's not what this is. But that's that's what they want. There's freaks like out there and you just got to understand that sometimes too, you might have to sit in a church with somebody you don't completely agree with. You're going to be able to handle that. Okay. If you're an independent fundamental Baptist, you're going to struggle with this stuff and you need this preaching. So how should we handle disagreements? Because I do, I want to stand strong on things. I want to contend for the faith. I want to, I want to change minds and influence people. I want to do all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I don't want to cross lines. I don't want to live in an echo chamber where I'm only ever around people who think exactly like I do. I don't want to destroy my relationships with my family. Okay. And with the in-laws, it's another story. Okay. Cause it's the in-laws, right? But then, you know, at the same time, though, I also want to keep peace with my, with my wife too. Right. And you know, and I got to watch it too. Cause like I said, I'm the type of person that except I, again, I enjoy a good spirited debate. And sometimes I do enjoy it when the other person cries. Okay. You know, if it's somebody I don't like, I, I got to watch out. I got to watch out for this stuff. And, uh, you know, but, but, you know, so I'm not telling you I'll follow my example on all these things. Okay. Do as I say, not as I do or have done. I mean, I'm working on these things, trying to reform, but I'm being funny. But anyway, look at first, uh, Corinthians chapter seven. So first thing you need to do when it comes to, and I, I could spend, I go to a lot of scriptures on all these where I'm going to try to quickly go through these things. When it comes to somebody you, you disagree with, one thing you need to do is respect the authority and jurisdiction of others. In 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1 says, Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, nevertheless to avoid fornication. Let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the uh, husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power over her own body, but the husband, and likewise also the husband, hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Now, right here is a good passage just showing the fact that, you know, there's authority in the home. You know, and when it comes to the husband and wife relationship, you know, there is a power that they have over each other. But, and, and that power is between those two people. In a family, okay, you have the husband, he's the head of the wife, and you have the wife, she's in submission to her own husband. You have the children that are supposed to obey their parents. And so in that family, there is a government, there is an authority structure that none of us have the right to interfere in. I don't, and, and you know, you don't have the right, I don't have the right to go and try to influence some woman to go against her husband's authority. 
She's under the power of her husband. You know, women, you shouldn't be uh, pushing other women to go against their husband's authority. Say, so, yeah, but his, her husband is wrong. I know, but it's her husband. It's his authority. And if he gets out of line, he has God to deal with. Not you. You, you don't play a part in this anywhere. You don't factor in anywhere. And, you know, we've got to understand that it, it can be difficult sometimes. I mean, ladies, you don't have to raise your hands, but I, I think I probably know the answers. Is sometimes it's a little bit difficult to submit to your husband. Okay. I mean, it, I, I'm sure it's pretty tough sometimes. I'm sure some of the women in here struggle with this. You know, my wife is pretty easy for her, but other women, I think, probably have a tough time in, in doing this type of thing because, you know, some of you guys are wrong sometimes. But at the end of the day, you know, there is an authority structure and with, and, and, and it's challenging to do the right thing in that situation. It's challenging for children sometimes to obey their parents in the Lord. And the last thing we need is outsiders coming in and interfering and making it more difficult. And so understand that a lot of times, so when you're having your family get togethers and one of your nieces comes in and she's dressed in a way that you don't approve of in your house, just understand that's not your problem. You know, that's, that's something that that family has to deal with and they might be wrong and you might be right, but it's wrong for you to insert yourself in there. You have no place to do that. You have to respect that authority and that jurisdiction. And maybe you know that that, the wife and maybe the children don't even agree with what their father's doing. So they're already in a tough spot. And when you go making it more difficult working against them, that's just a wicked thing to do. You need to stay out of that. And So understand when stuff is going on that you don't agree with, you still need to respect the authority that they have and realize that you don't have a place in it. You don't have a say. And so you need to stay out of it. In the family of Tommy McMurchard II, no one outside of our house has any jurisdiction. You don't, they don't have a vote. There's no authority. There's nothing. Okay. Now y'all can have opinions all you want, but at the end of the day, you know, you ought to keep it to yourself and you ought to learn what you can and, you know, learn from the good, learn from the bad. Say, you know, we're going to follow them in this area. We're not going to follow them in that area. But at the end of the day, you have no say, but at least respect the authority that I have in my home. And realize that, you know, you, you have no right to try to insert yourself and manipulate and act like our stinking country that, you know, you, like, you know, you, they send CIA and infiltrators into these governments and things to try to influence and manipulate. And then, you know, you're sending, you're, you know, you're trying to influence and manipulate in our home. Stay out of it. You have no right to do that. And, and you do. You struggle with this as an American. This is, that's one of the problems in our culture because in our country, we're always invading other countries, aren't we? We're always trying to tell other countries what to do. We don't respect the sovereignty of other countries. If we don't like what they're doing in other countries, you know what we do? We send military in there trying to change what they're doing. And we pretend it's a threat to us. We pretend it's a threat to our way of life. And so what do we do? We go and invade. And you know the reason that you feel like you've got to insert yourself and invade other people's territory and other people's homes is because you're afraid that what they're doing is going to be an influence in your home. And you know that guy's wife is out of line. You're afraid it's going to influence your wife and you're getting out of line. You know what? The bad influences are always going to be out there. You just need to learn how to deal with that. You need to learn how to live in a world where people don't do things the way you do. Oh, my niece, the way she's dressed, and that's the way my daughter's always trying to dress. And now my daughter's going to see that, and she's going to come argue with me. Well, you know what? You just need to introduce your daughter to this concept of 
that's a different family. They have a different dad, therefore they have different rules. And just deal with it. You know what you don't need to do? You don't need to attack them. Because your daughter's rebellious. And your daughter's out of line. You've got, you, you've got to show that, and Americans struggle with this especially, uh, IFB. When you get around family, you say you're going to see clothes that you wouldn't allow in your family. You're going to hear words said that you don't say in your family. You're going to hear movies and music referred to that you wouldn't watch or that's forbidden in your house. But you've got to understand it's not your problem. So you've got to respect that. You've got to respect that authority. I wish our country did that. I wish our country would understand that, you know what? Other countries don't have to do everything the way we do. They don't, not every country has to have our constitution. Now, if another country is looking at us as America and saying, man, we want to be like you guys, you know what? Let's mail them a copy of our constitution and say, you guys want to try this out. You know, let's be an example. Let's be a help. If somebody sees what we're doing and they're like, man, you know, you guys have a great family. You guys are actually happy. You guys are actually functional. You know, what are you guys doing? Then we share what we're doing. But until then, we stay out. We don't invade. We don't try to manipulate. We don't try to undermine that authority. We just got to understand it's not our problem. And you're going to see you're going to see stuff that you don't like, but it's not your problem. So respect their authority. Another thing you got to do is uh, turn over to Proverbs chapter 17. Other thing you need to understand is you just got to recognize, and this is where you're all, this is where a lot of you're going to struggle. Okay. How many of y'all grew up IFB? I mean, you grew up from cradle to grave IFB, all right? Okay, I think we struggle with this more than other people. Okay? This, is, this is hard for us, but recognize that people will survive without the knowledge of your opinion. Okay, all right, I get it. I have no authority in that family, but I really think they need to know the truth. Well, do they? Do they really, I mean, I mean, do they really need a lecture from you on how to, how they should dress, on what they should watch? I mean, do, do you really have to give that to them? Well, you know, I mean, the Bible's all about proclaiming truth and shouting it from the housetops and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to tell them. I, I, do you think that's going to help? How, how do you think that's going to go over? You know, how, how do you think that's going to go over when you announce all their problems to them this Christmas? You know, I, I just you, you, they don't have to you don't have to tell them but it says in proverbs 17 27 he that hath knowledge spareth his words and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit not the raving foaming at the mouth baptist who decides in the middle of the dinner table to get up and preach a sermon when nobody asks him to even a fool when he holdeth his peace is counted wise and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding you know, there's a time to open your mouth. Yes, you've got verses you can use for opening your mouth, but there's also verses about keeping it shut. And you need to learn how to have some discernment, be able to figure out when to open your mouth and when to shut it. And I'm pretty sure that when you get with your family this Christmas, that when it comes to the business of the other families in there, that it's time to shut your mouth. You don't have to let them know. And here's, here's, well, let me help you with this, okay? This is a, this is a truth I've gotten a hold of that's really helped me out a lot. Because of the fact I'm IFB, and so I, I, I mean, I think everybody, I mean, if I don't let them all know my opinion, that their life's going to be ruined. I mean, I must announce to them why they are dressed wrong, 
why they shouldn't have got their hair done that way. I've got to let them know or their life will be ruined, right? Well, here, here's the thing, especially if it's your family. What makes you think they don't already know your opinion? Do you really think they don't know what you think? How about that? Have you ever thought about that? I never did until this week, you know. I was like, but it's your family. They know you. They know who you are. You know, and in First Timothy 4.12, it says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and purity. Do you think they haven't noticed the way you, that you dress different than them? Do you think they haven't noticed that you don't say the words that they say? I think they, I think people, your family's probably noticed. Hopefully your family's noticed you're a Christian. Hopefully your family has noticed that you have some rules, that you behave different. You know, I, I submit to you that whatever it is that is just burning inside of you that you feel like you need to say to your family, I think they already know your opinion on it. Well, I don't know how I know. They haven't asked. You know why? They didn't bring it because they, they don't want to talk about it. You know why? Because, hang on, they disagree with you. They disagree. But they're wrong. I, I know, but again, it's not your place. It's not your authority. So you've got to, you've got to deal with it. If you are living the truth, and you know, and you want to speak the truth, they've probably already heard. You know, here's why they probably know your opinion. They figured it out after your fourteen thousandth social media post about that subject. Okay, everybody, everybody already knows what you think about homos. Okay, your family follows you on Facebook. They've seen all those posts. They know what you think. I don't know if they did. You know, they haven't liked any of them. They haven't left any comments or anything like that. That's, you know why? Because they don't agree with you. And but just just know, you know, understand you got the word out to them. They know they've seen all your posts that you've done about women that dress like sluts and whores and all that kind of stuff. They know what you think, but they don't agree with you. And so you're just going to have to respect that. So you yelling at them and calling them in names this Christmas, it's not going to accomplish more than your 14,000 posts that you did on Facebook. Just just understand that. You know, understand you need to and you, you need to actually live something for a few years before anyone's even going to take you serious anyway. So, uh, you know, you don't understand, though. I didn't grow up IFB. You know, I grew up in you know this religion or whatever. And so I've got to tell them I've got to let them know. OK, again, if you've actually changed your life and turned your life around, they probably already know. But you you've got to understand what they, what you are wanting to straighten them out on was you just a couple years ago. You know what you need to do? You actually need to be successful for a while before they're going to take you serious. You need to actually do something for four or five years and before they're actually going to listen to what you had to say. Because remember when you joined the Mormon church and tried to get them all there? And then the next time, you know, it was the Jehovah's Witnesses and you know, you're always changing religions every few years. And, and they never listen to you on any of them. You know, you've got to actually succeed at something first. You've actually got to consistently do something for a while. And often, too, those are the ones, you know, that, I mean, they, they just got saved. They've only been saved a couple years, but yet they, and they were, they were living immoral just two years ago. And yet they're going to straighten out all their family when it comes to homos and things. Sorry, it's not going to happen. You know, you're just going to, you, you just need to deal with it. And you're going to have to set an example. You need to live something a few years. And I, I, you know, if people want to know something or need your advice, they will ask. 
And, you know, I, we, we need to be, we need to be saying things. We need to be answering these things. You know, uh, I mean, you know, you know, you know, the Bible says they're always ready to give an answer. But it also says in there, be always ready to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. That's a lot different than you just inserting your opinion when nobody cared and you were yelling at them, calling them names. You know, and you, you need to understand that. You know, I'm, your family's not going to understand the reprobate doctrine yet. I don't care how many posts that you've done about it. And then you're going to go and declare your family reprobate and tell them that means they're probably a pedophile and then go storming out of the house or kicking them out of the house. I'm sorry, they're, they're going to think you're crazy when you say stuff like that. That's just, that's just weird. Don't do that. You know, people, they often wonder why their fam, you know, why their family members aren't running to them for advice on how to do everything. And maybe it's because you're failing at life and you already told them they were reprobate and without hope. So why would they come running to you? Why, why would they listen? And this is the way people are. You know, often people becoming an independent fundamental Baptist means they just destroy all relationships with their family. And you've got a verse. I came not to send peace, but a sword. But listen, okay, sometimes you getting saved and doing the right thing, it does cause a separation. But I'm not convinced that the separation was based on doctrine and Jesus Christ. I think it's based on the fact that you were a know-it-all jerk and tried to make everybody conform to your way. That's what I think. Okay, it happens. Especially in that, in Jesus' day with the Jews, I mean, that was very strong in their culture, and then Christianity comes along, and a lot of things change, and you know, they did, they threw a huge fit about that, but I'm pretty sure in your situation, I think your family's separating with you because you're a jerk. That, that's what I think. You, you can declare it's because you're Christ-like all you want, but I think it had a little more to do with you foaming at the mouth and calling them a reprobate in front of their kids. That, that's what the problem. That, that's where I think the problem is. So, you know, go ahead and pat yourself on the back all you want. Act like you're a martyr. Act like you're suffering for Jesus. Act like you're the Apostle Paul. I don't believe it. Okay, you you, you tell yourself whatever you want. I, I'm not really worried about what all's taking place inside that head of yours. You know, that's your problem. But uh, you know, I can't help what's happening inside my head. And I don't believe you. And I don't. I don't. I don't believe half these clowns out there that brag about how much their family hates them, I don't think it's because they're spiritual. And they can, they, can't, they can quote that verse about, I came not to send peace, but a sword. All they want. I don't believe it. I've seen what you post on social media. I see the way you act. I see how your life is still a failure. I think you're just a jerk. And that's why your family doesn't like you. But you, you tell yourself whatever you want. Just don't expect me to go on. I don't like playing pretend. I don't like wearing a mask and pretend I'm protecting everybody from COVID. And I don't like pretending that a bunch of jerks and idiots who go around screaming verses and calling people's names are suffering for Jesus. I don't like make-believe. I, I got over that when I was a little kid. But anyway, look at what it says in First Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. says, and above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. You know what you need to do? You need to love people unconditionally. Just, you know what? It's okay to love people who don't think exactly the way you do. Just love them anyway. You know, it's okay if you like somebody that's got things wrong in their life. Not just love them, but like them too. Oh, you know, I, I you know I love them in the Lord, but you know I I I love them 
enough that I'm willing to separate. So, you know, the trial of losing my company will hopefully cause them to repent. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's going to work. I think you're probably giving them a blessing by parting ways, the way you act. But you, see, we can get away with a lot when people know we love them. And it says in Romans 2, 1, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doeth the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things and doeth the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? Did you know that it's God's love and mercy that motivates a person to truly change their ways? You know, when a person gets a hold of the fact that, you know, I'm saved without works, I'm saved and I can't lose it, you know, that goodness and that love of God that he showed, that's what motivates us to actually want to repent of our sins and to change our ways. When we realize, man, I am saved and nothing can change that. You know, I really don't, that, that makes me not want to live like the devil. That makes, I, I don't want to take advantage of the grace of God. I don't want to take care or take advantage of somebody that's been so good and so loving to me. And, you know, and so why is it that a holy God is able to love people even when they refuse to make him Lord of their life, but you who are also, you know, in reality are no different than them can't. Think about that. God can love us even though we're as messed up as we are. Okay, now let me ask you, in comparison, let's compare you to your family member whose greatest transgression is not thinking exactly the way you do. Let's compare you and them. Now let's compare you and God. Where's the closer comparison? So you can't love these people who aren't much different than you, and yet God can love us, who is way different than him. You know what? Something's wrong. Okay, You're not more holy and separate from sin than God is. I think you're just full of yourself. I think you're full of pride, and I think that's where the contention is coming from. I think pride is where the contention is coming from. And so we ought, we ought to be better than this. We ought to be able to handle that. And I'm telling you, the problem with a lot of IFB is they're just not very loving. And I said, and I, I, well, what makes you think that? Again, you know, you, you call your mom a reprobate. That's just weird. You know, something's wrong with that. I, I don't care what my parents do. You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love them. And if they did something really bad, you know, if I found out my dad was the biggest pervert in the world, it was just a sick, twisted reprimand, you know, I'd be devastated over it. I'm not going to go calling him names. You know, I, I, I don't care. You know, and, you know, and there, there might be family that you have that you need to like separate from their company and not have them because it's just so bad. That, that might happen. That might be a reality. But at the same time, when you're looking for every opportunity to talk about them and run them down, there's some love missing somewhere. I think you just don't like them. And listen, I've had family members before that I just didn't like from my wife's side. You know, I mean, just, you know, I just, you know, I don't like these people. I don't want to be around them. I wasn't really looking for, you know, I, it's just, I just don't like them. And, you know, that's pretty bad. You know, when divorces came and they were no longer part of the family anymore, I, I, I was like, wonderful. Now I don't have to deal with their company. 
<laughs> I mean, and, that, and that's a terrible attitude to have. But I think that's often the motivator with a lot of Baptists. They just don't like them. And that, that's not a good reason. But so, the last thing, turn over to Acts chapter 15. So we need to respect the authority and the jurisdiction of others. We need to recognize people will survive without the knowledge of our opinion. Uh, we need to recognize, or we just need to love people unconditionally. But sometimes, though, we do need to just put some distance between ourselves and others. In Acts chapter 15, now this isn't a family situation here, but in Acts chapter 15, we see two guys that were very close that uh, I believe loved each other very much where things got ugly between them. It says, And Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark, and Paul thought to do, uh, thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed into Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. So, you know, when Paul and Barnabas... They did, they had a rift between them. Things got ugly. And I mean, and it was, the tension, it was sharp. Okay. There was, there was contention going on. I mean, things were not good. And because of that, you know what? They just kind of had to separate, separate and, and go their own way. But you know, one thing that we don't see Paul and Silas doing with each other. Okay. They put distance. But you know, we don't see them. We don't see them going to war with each other. And sometimes, you know, when it comes to family, there might be so many disagreements where they might be a negative influence on you. They might be negative spiritually. So you know what you do? You know, you're just not going to be around them that much. You know, I think you ought to try to keep them in your life the best you can. You know, and, and it's going to work different for different families. Everybody's situation is different. You know, but so the holidays is usually the one time when people get together. You know, I think you need to deal with it. And if you get along great, you can do it more. But some, some families, the more they're around each other, the worse it is. You know, y'all got to figure out what that balance is and your family. Do you understand that? But if there's tension because of those disagreements and it's just, you just can't help but take a dig at them. You know, you just can't help but, you know, do something. You know, when you get with your Calvinist family members, you can't even say grace without just stopping and thanking God for dying for the sins of everyone in the world and you know and you're i mean you're preaching at him in your prayer anybody ever done anything like that <laughs> all right maybe, maybe so i'm preaching to me today but you know if you've got to uh if, if that's the case you just might keep some distance but don't go shooting at each other and you know there's just some people we shouldn't go to war with in deuteronomy 23 verse 7 it says thou shalt not abhor an edomite for he is thy brother. The Edomites were from Esau. Jacob and Esau, they're, they're related. So he said, don't abhor them. Now, they had a different way of life. It was not a good way of life. It was a bad way of life. They were not like Israel. They were a bad people, but God commanded them not to abhor an Edomite, for he is thy brother. Thou shalt not abhor an Egyptian, because thou was a stranger in his land. You know, I don't think we ought to go hating our fellow Americans. They're the people we live among. They have our American culture stupid. I know, but these are the people we live among. We are a part of them. These are the people we want to reach. If we're hating on these people, we're probably not going to do a good job reaching them. So you know what? We ought, you know, we ought to be loving, loving these people the best we can. There's some people, and too, even religiously, we shouldn't go to war with. We have disagreements with them. So you know what we might need to do? We might need to just part some ways. Look, there's some people, they just can't be around somebody that believes different than them on eschatology. And if that's the case, then you know what they should do? They should just... 
keep some distance. And that's what some people have done. And I've got people out there that I'm friends with. They don't want to fellowship with me because, you know, I'm different on eschatology. But you know what? They also don't want to shoot at me. They're not out there trying to expose me and trying to bring me down and trying to get people to leave our church because, hey, I don't agree with him, but he's my brother. And so there, there's a respect. And understand, it's the same thing with your family. Okay? Your family might be wrong to the point where you can't be around them that much. You've got to keep some distance, but don't go shooting at them. Don't go, don't go hammering them on Facebook. Don't go trash talking your mom on social media. Don't do that stuff. Mother-in-law, it's okay. Mom can't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding on that too. Don't do that. Don't do that kind of thing. And, and what's interesting with the Edomites, God told them, God told Israel, you leave them alone. You don't abhor them. But you know what? The Edomites did not return the favor. The Edomites were cruel to Israel in their history. And because of that, we preached about this a while back when we were going through Genesis. They are the people upon whom God has indignation forever. That angered God greatly the way the Edomites were with Israel. They were brothers. They shouldn't have been that way. And people, your family, you shouldn't be, you know, taking pot shots at them. You know, keep your distance. If they're bad enough, keep your distance. But, you know, so, you know like, even if you have, you got that nephew that's a queer or something like that. Okay, I get it. We want to be against queers. You might, you know, you're going to want to keep distance. You're not going to want them around your family. But, you know, what? don't go posting pictures of them on Facebook saying, look at this reprobate. You know, like people always want to do that. I always want to share pictures of reprobates and things. You know, don't go doing that with your family members. Hey, look, you want to go bass Bruce Jenner or something like that or Anderson Cooper and things, you know, that's fine. Rachel Maddow, not your family. They get special treatment. They're your family. And it's the same thing, too, with your brothers in Christ. There's people that we, we might not agree with everything. We might need to keep some distance from, but do we really want to go fighting with them? You know, some, something's wrong with that. And listen, in the IFB world, we've got so many splits, it's not even funny. You know how many branches there are of the IFB? We, you know, we can't get along with anybody because we're constantly shooting at our own. We eat our own. James, when it's talking about biting and devouring one another, that proves there was independent fundamental Baptist back then. <laughs> that is what we, you know, you know, and I say we, so IFB in general, that is what we do. And let me tell you something. There's some IFB out there that I don't agree with that I don't even like, but you know what? I don't, I'm afraid to shoot at them. I'm afraid to shoot at them because you know what? They're my brothers. Yeah, but they're wrong. You know what? God can take care of them. The Edomites, they had all kinds of problems, but Israel was told, you leave them alone. They're your brother. And it is dangerous. And I have seen ugly things happen when God's people attack God's other people. That's just where, and that, and, and you know what? We all know that. And that's another reason too. We like to go to Jude, and we like to. That, and that, that's why people reprobate everybody. That's why people turn everything into a salvation issue. That you know, you know, why does that really matter? I mean, we can, do we know anybody's heart? But why is that to go to to make it a salvation issue? Because we all know we're not supposed to be shooting at our brothers. But you know what? You can do. You can put some distance. That's what Paul and Barnabas did. They just, they got some distance between each other and said, so, and when it comes to your family, you've got to figure out how that's going to work. That, all right, 
we can't do Thanksgiving and Christmas that we, you know, because we, if we're around each other two times within a month, there's going to be a clash. You know, it, it's going to work differently. You know, some of you, you can get all, you can get together all the time. You haven't been in the IFB long enough to know you're supposed to be fighting with your family all the time. You know, but, uh, you know, some of us, you know, we might need to work on that a little bit better. But, you know, our, our culture is failing miserably in this area. Much of it is because of what we watch on television all day. It's fights and drama. It's reality shows. What do they show in the reality shows? They don't show when people are sitting around getting along. They see when they're fighting with each other and crying. That's what, they, that's what, people, that's what people watch. Listen, people even fight over sports. When I was at the distribution center, they always had those goofballs from Sports Center on, and they were always like yelling and passionately. I'm like, this is sports. You're that angry over it? This is completely opinion based. Oh, this guy's better. And they get so passionate over it. It's like, what is wrong with you people? What is it? But that's our culture, folks. And it rubs off. It's, in, it's gotten our religious culture, fights and drama. It's carried over into areas where it shouldn't. It's driven families apart when it shouldn't have. And it's not helping us reach our family. We've got to set, we've got to do a better job of setting an example on this thing. And I believe these, I believe these things will help. But again, so if, if you're watching reality shows all day, watching people fight all day, it's going to come, it's going to happen in your family too. That's why, you know, people too. I mean, you know, you know how many people, you know how many sick, twisted people there are out there? that are subscribed to my channel just to see if I'm going to take a shot at anybody. You know how many handling disagreements? That'll get some of the clickbaiters on here today. I wonder how many sick people are watching this live stream right now hoping I'm going to nail somebody. You know why? Because they want another chapter in the drama. That's what they want. You know, and you know what they do? They push it. They instigate it. Hey, you know, hey, you know they're posting it. On another channel, did you hear what Pastor McMurtry said in his sermon today? That doesn't line up with what you say, Pastor. Sick, twisted people sharing this stuff on Facebook, always trying to expose everybody. You know what they want? They want a show. Listen, if you want a stinking reality show like that, go watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians or something. Go watch, you know, that's what these people need to be watching. But you know, you know what we're seeing going on in the IFB world? We got a lot of these clowns that won't leave me alone. They're too pathetic. They're too small. They're too insignificant to get involved in like real celebrity drama. Cause they can go say something on Twitter to the Kardashians and they're going to ignore them because they got millions of people following them. So what do they do? They go to us littler people and they've turned on, you know, what they've, they've tried to include us and make us a part of some stupid reality show that I have no interest in being a part of. And then they can insert themselves in there and, you know, get their opinion out there. And, and you know, and then sometimes I take the bait. Now, you know, you argue with some of these idiots that get on there and so saying stuff, just trying to drag you into the drama. What motivates it? That is our American reality show culture. And I just, I don't want, I don't want to play a part in that stuff. I wish these, I wish people like that would just go jump in a lake and leave me alone, never watch our channel again. You know, I want to, you know, I want to preach the word. I want to preach the Bible. And I'm just, I'm not interested. I'm not, I'm not interested. And, you know, knowing the next false prophet, the next person who wasn't supposed to, you know, isn't truly saved and things like that. I I really could care. You know, I couldn't care less to know about that stuff. And I just want to preach the word. And so sometimes what you got to do is keep distance. Pastor Tommy, so-and-so, they did this, they said this, 
You know, do you agree with that? No. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. You know why? Because it's my brother. I don't feel like shooting at him. I think God can deal with him. Wouldn't you all like it if your kids would stop trying to be the parent of the other kids? Any, any parents getting aggravated with that? When you, one of the other kids does something they shouldn't do, and then brother or sister takes it upon themselves to straighten them out because you won't do it. That's pretty aggravating, isn't it? I wonder what God thinks when we at Liberty Baptist Church are going and trying to fix what's going on in other churches and doing all that. You know, that's God's job to deal with that stuff. I'm pretty sure, Pastor Tommy, if I don't shoot at them, they're going to survive. And, you know, God, God can't handle them. Listen, when it comes to dealing with wolves and things like that, you know, we're supposed to worry about our church. You know, and if that other church has got a wolf in it, they can take care of it. And if they can't, the chief shepherd can't. We have no jurisdiction. None. And so this is something we have got to learn. This is an area that, you know, so the IFB, it's not perfect. And this is an area where I believe we struggle culturally. And we've got to, we've got to work on some of these things. And, uh, and I, I believe it's carried over into family relationships. And I am, I'm grieved when I hear about just, you know, family relationships falling apart. And said sometimes it's going to happen for the right reason. But I don't think most of the time it's for the right reason. I, I, I really don't believe that. I think if you were, I think if you loved your family and you were good to them and you minded your own business, I think they would get along with you. I, I, I really do. And there's exceptions. There's exceptions out there. Somebody on, somebody's going to leave a comment. You know, you know, my family's all homos and you know, blah, blah, blah. You know. I, I'm not talking to them. I'm, t- I'm talking to all of you. There's all, there's always exceptions, but I hope this will be a help. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word. I pray, dear God, that you will, uh, help us to practice these things, help us to love others, help us to, uh, not be so full of pride that we're just constantly contending and fighting with people that we shouldn't be fighting with. Help us to be loving and caring and to just set a good example and stay in our own territory. And your name we pray. Amen.